0: gentlemen, you are listening to or watching Gird Up. This is the place where young men come to learn how to be men after God's own heart. My name is Charlie Ungemach. Welcome to the show today. First of all, all, big thanks to the sponsor... If you're not listening to them, go listen to them. It's a fantastic daily show. Um, he's going all school year long, man. I I can only I can I can only do so much during the school year. Um, right now it's summertime, so I'm making a video a day or trying to, um, or a podcast a day. But I can't do that all summer. I got Greek and Hebrew to study. I'm sorry, I can't do that all school year. Woof. Um, he can and he does. Uh, so go listen to him, and you can go back and listen to all the old ones as well. You can go back and listen to all my old ones too. I've got like 300 episodes. Um, in the bank that you can go back and listen to. You don't have to listen as they come out. You can go back to the beginning. Now, granted, um, some of the ones at the beginning aren't as good as these are, um, and uh, some of them need some improvement. Uh, But as Paul told Timothy, I want people to be able to see me grow. So those episodes are still out there. You can still use them, still listen to them. They're still going to help you on your path towards genuine Christian manhood, especially those interviews. Man, those those guys that I interviewed uh, a year or two ago, Did a fantastic job. So go back and listen to those episodes and go back and listen to Pastor Paul's episodes from the last couple of school years too. Um, He's not repeating himself over and over again. Um, All those episodes that he's putting out now are new and fresh. So go utilize um, those resources. Today we are talking about Proverbs chapter 22 verse 28 which says do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your forefathers. Now, you can argue about what this means in the context of the book of Proverbs. You should be reading the Proverbs every single day, by the way. That's the best place to start if you are not a Bible reader and you want to be a Bible reader, the easiest place to start. There are 31 books in the book of Pro- or 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Pick a proverb today and read it pick a psalm a day and read it. So on the first day of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one and you read a psalm. The next day you read Proverbs chapter two and you read a psalm. Proverbs chapter three and you read a psalm. Now, if you're a woman, I suggest reading um, Proverbs 31 every month, maybe even every day. I don't know. Um, But um, for guys, um, it's probably a good idea to read it every month. But this way, for sure, you're going to get it with seven months out of the year, you're going to get Proverbs 31 as well. Remind you just how valuable the women in your life are and the expectations that you can have for the very special woman in your life um, as we move towards you know marriage and, and love and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28 says, Do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your forefathers. Now, this literally does mean that on property... In, in ancient Israel, they would set up boundary stones, and that would be the edge of your property. Okay? So you can take this in a very practical direction, and you can say you know, it's not a good idea to encroach on your neighbor's lawn. It just isn't. You're going to start warfare with the guy who lives next to you, which is going to make your life miserable. It's going to make his life miserable on both of your lives. If they're miserable, it's going to make your families miserable. It's going to have an impact on your whole family. It's going to have an impact on a whole neighborhood. There's not going to be peace and love and joy the way that there should be in a neighborhood, particularly if your neighbor loves the Lord. Actually, if your neighbor doesn't love the Lord, you should be witnessing to him anyway, and you might have to turn the other cheek on some of those small-time slights but i want to take this in a um, doctrinal direction or maybe a law direction okay i want to use this as a metaphor for life okay do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your forefathers we live in a day and an age and a time and a culture where absolutely anything and everything is up for interpretation and up for change if you look like at the history of the last 50 years in the united states I think just about every pillar of morality has moved. Some of them have actually moved more conservative. Some of them have, most of them have moved far more liberal. Back in the 70s when uh, Roe v. Nope, not Roe v. Whatever the abortion amendment was, when that was passed, it was taboo. The nation was split. You can make a a realistic argument that more than half of the country was against it, um, but the Supreme Court decided and ruled, and it was a big deal at the time. Nowadays, we can barely—we're trending back in a conservative direction, um, but a very large portion of the United States stands in support in support of abortion, Um, and I I can't guarantee this is true. But I was reading an article about a year ago um, that uh, talking about the idea that one of the main reasons why conservatives won't vote on abortion and just end it, especially when Trump was president and we had control of the Senate. Um, and or when we had control of the Senate. The reason a lot of conservatives, uh, especially conservative politicians, won't vote on abortion and, and make it illegal is that many of them, whether it was themselves or someone in their family or whatever it is, had to utilize an abortion just to get to where they were. Um, and it's become that kind of a normal thing for people. And it, it's sinful and it's wrong and it's murder and it needs to go away. But it's one of those things that's now generally accepted by a populist that claims to be moral. That's an ancient boundary stone we don't want to move, right? Same thing with pornography, masturbation, um, with, uh, sex before marriage, right? All of those, they they fit into the same category of adultery. From the day I came out of my mother's womb, the Lord has destined me to be a husband and a father. And I need to behave like I'm going to be a husband and a father until the day that I'm married. And once I'm married, I need to behave as if I am a husband and a father. OK, I'm, I'm not married and I'm still going to be faithful to my wife. Right? Adultery is still a sin, even if you aren't married. And all of those sexual encounters and sexual endeavors that happen before you're married, don't just disappear <laughs> during your wedding night and become nothing. You bring those into your future marriage. You bring those scars. You bring that baggage. All right. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to love my, li- my wife the way that I should. Okay, These laws that God puts in place are not just there to make us behave. They're not just there so we can earn salvation because you and I know that we can earn salvation by the law. They're also there as a practical device to help us lead healthy and happy lives. I want to make my wife happy. I want to be a devoted and loving husband to my wife. And if I'm going to be able to do that on my wedding night and then for the next 50 years after that, I need to start right now. Living out my calling as a man of God. One of the biggest, um, one of the biggest health concerns for young men in America right now. There's well over 60 percent, 60 percent, of men under the age of 30 in the United States have problems with erectile dysfunction. Under the age of 30, 60 percent. That's not a physical deformity. What that is, is messed up stuff in your mind. If you are a young man and you can't get aroused and excited by your wife, that is a huge problem. And it's almost always not a physical problem. It's a spiritual problem, right? It's called porn-induced erectile dysfunction, okay? And because we've moved this ancient boundary stone of the law and said as a society that it's okay to behave in this way, now we are literally physically unable to love our wives the way that we should all right when a man and a woman are on the same page spiritually emotionally and healthy physically their libidos are pretty much going to mirror each other the idea that men want sex more than women or value sex more than women or anything it's, it's a myth under the condition that men and women love and cherish each other and have healthy sex lives All right. I don't want to have those problems in my marriage someday. And so I behave myself now and work towards a pure heart now so that when I get married, that when I have a wife of my own, I'll be ready. Right. These these rules that God sets up are not there because he wants us to behave, or He doesn't want us to have fun or to set us apart as Christians. All of those are true to an extent. Well, not the not having fun part. That's all of those are too, too, true to an extent, but the, the real reason, the base reason, the foundational reason why God gives us laws is that he has designed us to live in a certain way and we will lose out on love, joy, and peace and happiness and potentially lose out on eternity with him if we don't behave the way he has mandated. Okay? Chasing after the lusts and sensualities of this world will destroy my soul. And so I don't do that. The same thing is true um, in in political situations. Um, The same thing is true with what we accept from the world around us. right? Um, I have said several times on this podcast, and I know it's a controversial idea, but I'm actually pro-gay marriage. Um, I think it's a good idea for our country to stay out of each other's bedrooms. Um, As a Christian, I don't want anybody to show up and tell me what I have to believe and what I can't believe from a political standpoint, right? I want to be able to let the Lord guide my life. And in order to keep that freedom, I understand that as Americans, the people around me also have the same freedom, and they have the same freedom to sin as I do. Now, that's a very different thing than abortion where a soul is being ended, right? Um, But when people are given over to their depravity and sin you can't expect them to live as though they're living in the light and that does not mean that I'm okay with the lifestyle it doesn't mean that I support the lifestyle I believe that homosexuality is a sin I believe that people living in sin um, are putting their souls in danger if they haven't already hardened their hearts and lost their souls okay and the same is true for homo- or heterosexual couples who are having sex outside of marriage they're putting their souls and lives in danger and they um, I, I fear for their faith I fear for their hearts I fear for their eternities but from a political standpoint, I understand the need for freedom, okay? That's a very different thing than being okay with those lifestyles, right? I'm not going to support people who choose to change their gender, right? The foundational issue with, uh, for example, being bisexual is that you, if you know that you're bisexual, that means you are sexually active, which is already putting you in a sexually deviant category according to the laws of God. You're already not living the way that God says you ought to live. And this isn't me hating on people who choose to be deviant. This is me saying, look, my Heavenly Father designed me in a certain way. He's given me certain attributes. He has given me certain skills and characteristics and traits that he wants to use to the glory of his kingdom. And if I don't fit in all the, the boxes that society says I have to be in as a man, that means I'm a very special man with special skills and abilities, and I have incredible value, and I've been entrusted with an incredible gift. It doesn't mean that I was supposed to be a woman. And the same thing the other way around. If I'm a woman who's competitive and strong, um, who doesn't always like wearing a skirt, right? Who, who doesn't quite fit into what society says women ought to be, that doesn't mean that I'm not a woman. It means that God has blessed me with a drive and a passion that many women don't have, right? It makes you unique. It makes you a unicorn, for goodness sake. We should lean into that as a church, not condemn it. And I think that's part of the reason why we see so much of this sexual deviancy um, in the world around us today. Um, So it gives me great concern when I see Christians who put, like on their Instagram, they'll put, you know, he, him, or she, her, they'll put their pronouns. Um, what What that's saying to the world is, I'm okay with this. I'm not okay with this. I understand the right you have as an American and as a sinner to choose your own path. There's a big difference between choosing my own path and having the privilege of doing so and supporting people who choose to make their path a sinful one, okay? Don't get caught up in the lie of this world that says you're a hater or you lack love and compassion if you don't get down with sinners. All right? Sin is sin is sin. And the most dangerous thing we can do as human beings is to normalize sinful behavior. We should not normalize sinful behavior. We should point it out as sinful behavior. We could we can uh, we can expect that our souls will be damaged if we engage in sinful behavior. It's never okay, and we should not accept it, all right? But we also need to understand that we live in a darkened world, and while the world continues to move the boundary stones, I don't know if we really do need to go and fight for those ba- with the exception of the things that cause people to lose their faith, all right? Or who take away, like, like abortion, that's something that takes away someone's life, all right? It's far more important for me to protect my own soul. It's far more important for me to raise my family right and point out to them what is sin and isn't sin than it is for me to loudly and publicly insist that people who do not love the Lord live as if they do. That is a bridge to nowhere. Okay, So, when we talk about the laws of God, understand that the laws of God do apply to people who do not love the Lord, but those people aren't going to care, all right? We cannot expect those who are living in darkness to live as though they are living in the light. They don't. They have no reason to obey the law because they don't believe that they're accountable to Heavenly Father at the end of time. So those laws are there for Christians to love and serve each other, to protect their hearts, to protect their faith so that they might spend eternity with their Heavenly Father, and it's there to help us all get along with each other, to live the way that we ought. God designed us to live a certain way. Those laws are there to help guide us into living that way. Okay? I love you all, fellas. The wisdom for the day today, do not move an ancestry boundary stone placed by your ancestors or by your Heavenly Father. There's a reason the traditions are there. There's a reason the law is there. There's a reason we live the way that we do as Christians. Be careful about throwing away the morality of the past. That morality, for the most part, was based in Scripture. Okay, So before you change the way you think about something, don't consider what the world says. Consider what the Bible says. Consider what your Heavenly Father says. Because culture and morality are going to always be shifting. Okay, They're going to be constantly shifting and changing. You and I don't shift and change the way that the world does. You and I stay planted in a foundation of love for our Heavenly Father, and a desire to spend eternity with him. When we do those things, we will be a light shining in the darkness, okay? Don't change like the world does. Don't be shifting sand. God bless you all. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Go be the man that guy crazy you to be. Gentlemen, that's the end of the video. That's all we got for you this time. So on behalf of all those involved in creating, editing, producing, and publishing this content, thank you for being a part of the Gird Up family. If you're not listening to the Gird Up podcast yet on whatever platform is your favorite podcast platform, you need to go subscribe right now and start listening today. There you will find over 300 episodes of interviews, man talk, and all kinds of other things all geared at helping you become a man after God's own heart. It's a great resource. Go use it wisely. We also ask that you would consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by shopping at the store at girdupministries.com, buying a shirt like this one, or stickers for the back of your car, your water bottles, whatever. You can support us on Patreon by donating. Just look up Gird Up Ministries there on Patreon. Or you can go to girdupministries.com and buy us a cup of coffee. That's just a one-time $5 donation. Anything you donate goes right back into making content like this for men like you. Make sure you're following us on social media, particularly Facebook and Instagram. Like all of our posts, share them, get the word out to the world that we can and are ready to be men after God's own heart. Well, with all that being said, gentlemen, I love you, I deeply care about you, and I hope that this has been a blessing on your journey towards Christian manhood. Now go, gird up, and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.